This is football. I am Kevin Clark. Friday before the Super Bowl episode coming to you. It is stacked. We're very lucky. We're going to start with Andrew Hawkins, um, who is obviously a former NFL wide receiver who had wonderful analysis of Mahomes tied it to the Brady offense, which he was in. Um, I, I really uh, learned a lot about this, about the, the chemistry with Kelsey, um, some of the Niner stuff. I, I love this. He's a fun, funny guest. I This has exceeded my already high expectations. Uh, Michael Irvin is next. I don't really know how to describe this one. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to let you guys listen. Uh, it was as funny a conversation I've ever had, um, but also it touched on a lot of like real, real deal football. And I think that that's it was not uh, it, it was a chuckle fest, but you also learned a lot about sustained winning the Cowboys, uh, what he expects on Sunday, all that. Also, um, some takes that uh, I uh, I just let him. I let him give, and I stared into the camera. If you watch this on the digital version, um, Bijan Robinson. After that, um, I really like Bijan talked a lot about missing tackles, which is obviously an art the Niners do really well. Um, I learned a lot about how you do that, about what impresses him, about the Niners, their ability to make people miss. He's as good an athlete uh, as there is in the sport, and and the way he talked about athleticism and, and making guys miss, and what we can expect on Sunday was really cool. And then Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, who obviously played the Niners a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's got a lot on the Niners, on Detroit's amazing season, the atmosphere, uh, the future, Dan Campbell, all that stuff. I really enjoyed Aiden. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Hawkins. Andrew Hawkins is here, co-founder and president of Status Pro. As this thing falls apart on me, needs a, <laughs> a little Status Pro help here. Um, he's also a former NFL yes. receiver, mm -hmm. one of... A podcaster, media member, everything. Yeah. I wanted to ask you because we were just talking before we started uh -huh. uh, recording here. You said you go to the, you're probably going to the game on Sunday. You've been since you retired, but it's not cool to go to the game as a current player. Can you no. explain this? Yeah, no, it's like, I don't know. It's like an unwritten rule that current players shouldn't be at the Super Bowl unless you're playing in it. Like, it's, it's weird. I don't care. Fans feel like it's weird, players feel like it's weird coaches in front office i mean nobody really speaks about it my brother taught me it because he played nine years in the league yeah and he would never go and it was the same thing like imagine you're a fan of a team and you go to the super bowl and you see a player there as a fan as well we all right. love football it's just i don't know it's like bad bad juju or something wow i never really thought about that and you're right because one of my favorite things to do is to walk around the concourse like an hour before the game mm -hmm. and you'll see because the best thing about the super bowl is like Real deal celebrities have to sit in like row 10 yes, of the lower exactly. bowl. They, like, there's no yep. room in the box. There's no room on the sideline. It's like, I remember like seeing Rasheed Wallace at the, the last uh, the last Chiefs Niners one. It's like, uh -huh. you know what? She would get a box if this was like a random October yes. game. But you know what she's doing? Housing a pizza right now, right in front of me. <laughs> That's, it's that kind of thing. That is you it. never actually see like Stefan Diggs walking around. No, never. It, you imagine Joe Burrow just walking around the stadium as these Niners are playing the, the Chiefs. No, that doesn't even, it doesn't, it doesn't even feel right. A um, couple of things about the game. Uh, first is this, is that obviously you had a successful NFL career and I asked all receivers who've come on the show this week, this mm -hmm. question, because you haven't conceived of what it would be like to catch a pass from Patrick Mahomes. Just like the creativity, the improvisation, um, the route never being dead. Like, yeah. Explain having played the position, like what that would be like. And then if you yeah. say, damn, if I don't want to play with somebody like that. This is good. See, I, first off, I'm excited about this question and to get deep football because this is my first time on an Omaha Productions show. And I'm just going to imagine Peyton Manning is sitting over there and I have to impress him with my football knowledge. He is. He's, he is. Yeah. That's, so we, we real deal disguises over here. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's not that's, so that's much. That's Peyton and Eli. Just I know. So you know. This yeah, is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look it's terrible disguises. I know it's you guys, <laughs> number one. Um, but it's not so much of like what the past would feel like. It's not yeah, any yeah. different. But it is the mindset that, and I don't care how great of a receiver you are, we know the playbook so much. And a lot of times we know the progression. And based on the defense, I typically know when I'm getting the football and when I'm not. Yeah. So you have to go into a play, know that there's a 10% and maybe below chance of you getting the ball yeah. and still make everything look and feel like you're getting the ball, which, which matters. When you play with Patrick Mahomes, everybody is live always. Yeah. And that's the biggest difference is you go into the plays knowing that there's as good a chance as any 
that you're getting the football because he's going to improvise and find you if you're the open guy. The best quarterbacks, I always say, if you're a quarter, if you're a receiver for Peyton Manning, you're a receiver for Tom Brady, uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know Joe Burrow, yeah. the list goes on. The number one receiver for those guys is the open receiver. Yeah, that is not the case for everyone. So anytime you have these quarterbacks and have a tendency to lock on to a guy, it should tell you what level of quarterback they are. That's a good. That's a good. I'm way just to put saying. It. I'm just putting that out there for you. So I actually did a piece with Burrow and Zach Taylor going into the season, and mm -hmm. Zach said, Zach Taylor said. There were times in that offense when Burrow's cooking, the uh -huh. guys will run what what they call in Cincinnati a for the love of the game route, yep. where you're only running it just because. I ran a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> it was the majority and, of my routes. And Burrow can find you on that. Yep. And there's not a lot of guys no. in the NFL, but Mahomes is one of them, where it's just the whole field is in play. And it's it, it changes the way defenses have to cover every blade of grass. It, 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 it makes them play you honest. Yeah. Right. And again, that that makes everybody better, because even as a receiver, if I know I'm running a deep post, I would love to get a deep post. Yeah, I would love to catch this bomb from Joe Burrow. But if I know I'm not getting it, I'm like, OK, I just need to do my job and make sure this guy goes with me, give him eye contact. Yeah. But in that moment where I'm running full speed, even if I don't get it, but if I go into the play thinking I'm going to get it indirectly, I'm running the route like I'm going to get it. And that safety is going to say. Damn, he was an option here. Yeah. So the next time, they have to respect it every single time. And if they're respecting every each and every route, it makes the picture that much more clear for a quarterback like Joe Burrow. Can you explain the chemistry between Kelsey and Mahomes? Because yep. it feels like you know, space is the lifeblood of football. And mm -hmm. if you can find it, um, you can do good things. And it just feels like there was a stat the other day that blew my mind that basically on plays that take more than three seconds with pressure, mm -hmm. Mahomes and Kelsey are like literally 50 times better than anybody else. So what that yeah. literally means is like when when crap hits the fan, we can't I, we, we bleep out curses here. Okay, crap, we do that at Omaha. We do that at Omaha. Eli um, was flipping the bird on national television. <laughs> What's it getting soft? Only the over bosses. Here. Only the bosses. I missed the fun times. My first time on, and we're already not having fun. Only the bosses. This is ridiculous. So, um, but when crap hits the fan, they're able to find space somewhere. Uh -huh. We explain that chemistry and what like that what that looks like you know it's like being married yep. you know like i don't i don't have to talk to my wife to know what she's going to think about what i just did i'm i i know it I, I i can see it the way she sees it whether or not that is how i would see it i know how she sees it football is very much that same way no that's not a lot x and o's and analytical but patrick mahomes and travis kelsey have been together so long, they've operated at such a high frequency for such right. a long time that they see the game in the same ways. And so when I went to New England my last year, I played three years with the Bengals, three years with the Browns, asked for my release and thought, man, I'm going to go try to latch on with the Patriots and, and be a winner. Um, and I would get there in the offseason. Now, I was coming off of graduating from Columbia with my master's degree. That is not a flex. No big deal. It's kind of a flex. No big deal. But no. I'm, I'm saying that to illustrate I had no problem learning playbooks. Sure. So I would get this playbook at the Patriots and Tom Brady, Julian Edelman's there, Amendola's there, and I'm like studying it. Boom, boom, boom. I go out on the field. They're running the plays that I have on the playbook and they look nothing like it. Yeah. And it was the first time in my career. I'm like, am I in the twilight zone? Because that is not the play yeah. that we went over. But the reality was the reason why they were so good, because the, it wasn't about learning the plays. It was about seeing the defense the way Tom did. And that's what Danny and Julian could do because of the time they spent together. Yeah. That's what Travis Kelsey has, where he's 34 years old. He may not have the same juice he had when he was 27, 28, 29, but he understands defensive football, as does Patrick Mahomes. And he can run routes against coverages that the typical rules would tell you there's no way in hell yeah. you're getting this football below 3% chance that anyone throws that, and the ones that do throw it are bad quarterbacks, he will hook up a, a corner route yeah. in, in between three defenders because he knows, hey, Mahomes, if they, if they run the, the perfect coverage versus a corner, cover two, and he's sitting there, and there's an under coverage and a trailer, I'm just going to hook up in this. If you, if you throw it, I'll just know. I'll cut my route off early and throw my hands up, and the timing will be there. That's why they're so special. That's fascinating. Um, Chiefs aside, Kelsey aside, the San Francisco skill guys, mm -hmm. the one that stands out, the one you love watching most in that San Francisco offense is who? The one I love watching the most 
That's a loaded question. I can't. Even <laughs> I, I like watching. I love Debo. I love yeah. McCaffrey. I love Kittle. Um, Ayuk's development has yeah. been one of the coolest things to watch this year because he's truly the number one receiver. Um, but I think that's what makes them special is their positionless football. I would say the one who doesn't get enough press um, juice, um, no pun intended, yep. is Kyle Yuschuk. Yep. He is he is the guy to me, and I, it, honestly, his his wife is more popular than him now. I know, um, but he is such a differentiator. He's such a unique talent in what he brings to the table, and I think in this game, he is going to be the key because Kansas City would typically throw a base defense to two running backs when 49ers trot him out there, and I could see Kyle whipping up some things to use Yuschuk in the pass game as a tight end opposite Kittle. That creates a matchup nightmare for the Chiefs because if they go base defense, he could have a field day. And if they go dime where they put in an extra defensive back, they'll be able to throw him in the backfield and just run it down their throat with McCaffrey. So Juice is a guy. He's so versatile, which is why Kyle, they kind of build the offense around what he can do. And like everything that's automated is there. All the little wrinkles come based off how they play, how they play Juice. I, I am not asking everybody the hacky question of who's going to win this game. How does it go? But Chief, obviously, I'm right. sorry. I'm, no, no, no. I really am because because <laughs> you have a a lot of guys show up here that you know current players, whatever, and it's uh, like uh, like I like yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Mahomes, right? But like obviously you have it at a deeper level. Yep, um, yep. Who wins this game and what kind of game is this? I think it is. I think Mahomes wins it. Yeah, and me, me too. Typically, I agree. I would say. Yo, there is there is matchups you could find on the, on the field to differentiate this. I think Patrick Mahomes is a rule breaker in all of that. Yeah. And so even if the players come up here and say, I don't know, Mahomes, they're right. Because I think he's earned the right and he has shown time and time again that if he wakes up on the right side of the bed, no matter if you have the better team, no matter if you have the better matchup, no matter if your defense matches up great against him or their offense or what have you, he is going to be able to put and give enough for them to get a victory, I have him winning 27 to 24. Mm. I think he has a big passing day. Um, I think Rasheed Rice has a big day. Uh, I think the, the 49ers do their best to try to mitigate Kelsey. I think Kelsey still gets a touchdown. Um, but ultimately, I think the Chiefs walk away with the Lombardi. I agree. I think yep. it's like 28, 21, something mm -hmm. like that. I just can't. Go. I can't the whole week be like, well, Mahomes is in, is in his MJ era. And then on Sunday, be like, oh, he's going to lose this one. But, you know, he's yeah. generally in his Mahomes era. Right. All right. We're going to we, we, we ask a bunch of people the same questions. And we'll start here. We have a thing called badasses, which is the biggest badass you ever played with in football. And played with? Played with. Okay. Or, I mean, if it's if something we can do against, too, like uh, Marino a couple months ago chose Bruce Smith. OK. Maybe that was an indictment of his teammates. But, you know, okay. it was it is what it is. Um, but the. Um, you can take it anywhere you want. All right. Your biggest badass in football, Andrew Hawkins, is who? Biggest badass. Um, Pac-Man Jones. Oh. Badass. I'll give you another one. Vontez Perfect. Oh, boy. Badass. Tell me what Vontez Perfect <laughs> was like just being on the sidelines yeah. in the locker room. Like, that was. Well, that's why he that was a badass. Was a because Vontez Perfect is the salt of the earth. Oh. You're talking about a soft-spoken, chill teammate, do anything for his guys, super polite, never gets mad, never gets out of character. Yep. And then he gets, as soon as he steps from the sideline on the field, he flips a switch. Yeah. And he is a completely different dude. And if you play with him, you love him because everybody's walking around on eggshells because they're like, we don't know what this guy is going to do. And the beauty of it was like, hey. We don't know either, buddy. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> um, we don't do this with everybody. We do it with people who played on really bad teams. Okay, I'm sorry to you. do this. I've earned this. Um, you had a great, great. career. Just, you know, yeah. it's sometimes it's, you get bad breaks. Yep. It's called yep. Rock you had a great career is a perfect way to, you know, you had a, you, set up what you said. Unfortunately, we call it Rock Bottom Theater. Mm. Played on those Browns teams. If, if, if your grandchildren say, granddaddy, what was what was low on those teams? What's the answer? What was low? What was what was the, the, the lowest, the lowest moment for the team, for the team? Not not. I mean, you personally, but like, yeah, just where it's like, OK, this this, this is it, it's not going to get much worse than this. Um, OK, I, I would my last year in the league. This is when I knew it was the retirement was near. As a football player, 
you have to have unrealistic yeah. confidence, delusion, belief, yeah. delusion. There is a OCD element to how you train and work because you just ultimately think over time it's going to work out. Yeah. I, it does not matter how big Ray Lewis is. If he catches me in the hole, he's going to be eating through a straw tomorrow. That was Absolutely. my mentality Absolutely. as a player, right? So in my last year, the low was, we went 1-15 in okay. in my last year. The low was, for the first time ever in my life, I would be in pregame warm-ups, and I would be, like, you know, getting ready for the game, going through my process, and I would look across the other side of the field, and I would think to myself, there's nothing we could do to win this game today. Mm. And that's when I was like, mm. the music started playing in the background. <laughs> the credits started rolling. I'm like, what? I was like, this is, this is the end. And if there was a narrator, it would say, indeed, the Cleveland Browns did not win the game that day. Do you remember what game? What, 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 what defense? <laughs> All of them. I mean, we were fielding teams with – there was a time I think we had like 25 or 30 rookies okay. on, the, on the active roster, which is – I mean, essentially, that's a college football team. Yes. A college football team can't play against grown men. It's a reality. And we didn't have enough juice in the positions we needed – and then we were just we were just outmatched, and not even just outmatched. It was there wasn't enough of a grown up NFL. I'm feeding my kids mentality for right. us to compete against other guys. So you know, it's it was a, that was a low. That was that, was a, that was a low. That was that was fit well in the rock bottom theater. Last thing before we get to what we're doing with Status Pro, um, mm -hmm. we have it's called one rep back. You get to relive any rep of your career back, and Man. a lot of it's like. You know, a lot of guys say bone tackles or, uh, you know, mm -hmm. pass up the Josh Allen yesterday to the Shakir pass. You just wanted to step up in the pocket. Yeah. Some of them are lighter. Some of them are, are heavy. I mean, in Josh's case, Shoot. extremely heavy. Um, yeah. But it can be it can be anything. I mean, geez, Josh it, went there, huh? Josh. Yeah. Most guys are like. Did he start crying? It was a surprisingly emotional interview. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised by it. Really? Yeah. You think he regretted doing Radio Row if he's still. Regret it coming out with me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> He's a good guy. No, I think I think I think he I think that's what fans and teammates want to hear is mm -hmm. like he wasn't blocking it out. Right. He was confronting it head on, replaying it in his head. And also I think with that play, mm -hmm. Chris Jones put Deion Dawkins in his lap. Mm -hmm. And I think him saying I should have had better pocket presence. Was him saying Deion Dawkins should have did his damn job. No, I oh. disagree. Maybe, maybe I maybe I'm okay. wrong. I felt like it was leadership saying that was on me. Yeah, yeah. Not Deion Dawkins. That's a not great Chris answer. Jones, not Shakir. Yeah. I thought I thought it was I actually thought it was leadership. No, I, I think the best way for a star quarterback to express leadership is to come on this show in particularly. Yes. And sit in the chair, give me as much time as possible, and yeah. exude confidence in leadership and ownership. Right. So like Mahomes can come on yes. anytime. We're not Lamar. I don't, I don't, Lamar. Come on. I don't on. have a flight until tomorrow night, so Mahomes, Mahomes can still come he on. He can still come on. I think yeah. that'd be a statement for the team. I think I that'd think be... What just, is going to show better leadership head, let it, heading into a Super Bowl? Than coming that. on a podcast yes. for Omaha Productions and ESPN. The um, great backdrop. Absolutely. It just says all that needs to be said. So you have the floor. One rep back for Andrew Hawkins. Okay. Even though you gave me all that time to think about it, <laughs> which is incredible broadcasting, by the way. Like, that's what you do. You ask the question first. You buy a bunch of time for them to think of a play. I still don't have one. Wow. So you, you, not a, What it sounds like you're telling me is you crushed every play. I nailed it. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Hopefully that's the first here on playback. But honestly, I, I'm not even kidding. I just put out a low light. I put out low lights every week in the playoffs on my on my Instagram. And it is the funniest stuff in the world. Of course. Man. It is like, because I'm like, look at this dumb stuff I did yeah. in the NFL. I can't believe I was there doing it. And most people will never have that chance to. And so, I don't know. I just approach it like it is what it is. I, there really isn't a play that comes to mind. I mean, obviously, I've dropped passes. I've, you know, had one toe out of bounds that should have been touchdowns and all those. But I, nothing that it's, I care about. I, I love the perspective of... You, you, I mean, you played a, had a great NFL mm -hmm. career. You like won, you know, you were in the playoffs and all that yep. stuff. And like the thing I think we always, and you far surpassed this, but a lot of times it's like, like Nathan Peterman is a great example yes. where it's like Nathan Peterman torched Clemson, like <laughs> great college career. Uh -huh. What was, I was at, I was at Flowery Branch, Georgia a couple, uh, a couple months ago and they have a shrine 
uh, at their high school, local high school right at Park. Uh-huh. They have a shrine to former, you may have even played with him, former South Carolina quarterback Connor Shaw. Connor Shaw's my guy. Okay. He's but a they, legend. He's from Georgia, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So they have, I want it was either Connor Cook or Connor Shaw, but I know I, 90% uh-huh. sure it was Connor Shaw. Yeah. So, but it's like this guy, like, not a great NFL career, no. but he is the best player who's ever been anywhere near Flowery Branch, Georgia, from a yes. high school perspective. Exactly. And it's always funny to put that in perspective where it's like, there are guys who are the first cut, don't even think about it on June 4th uh-huh. and, and from rookie mini camp. And those guys are like, led, there's like statues yes. in their hometowns they of those guys. And from. so like to get to where you did is just like astounding yes. relative to everybody else. Who's ever and that's, I that's love that perspective. Idea. I love it. Patrick Willis just went into the Hall of Fame. Yes. Okay, so Patrick Willis, and I've seen this from at Dragonfly Jones on Twitter, so I'm going to shout him out because this is great. He went on Patrick Willis's uh, Wikipedia. <clears throat> he went to his hometown, which I, don't, I can't recall his hometown. I'm sure you guys can look it up. Yeah. Um, there was 1,500 people population. Yeah. When you go to a town and it says notable people section, yeah. it said notable person. <laughs> Patrick Willis was the only person listed. Never seen that before in my life. To your point, these are gods. Patrick Willis was a god in the league as well, but each football player that makes it to that level, I have my own day in my hometown. October twentieth is Andrew Hawkins Day. Wow! So that's what I'm saying. I don't give a damn what anybody thinks. I have a holiday, bro. You know. So there you go. That's beautiful. Thank you, man. I was uh, my, I went to University. I went to University of Miami. We got a quarterback transfer a couple weeks ago from Albany, uh-huh. and I looked up his hometown on Wikipedia. And in the notable person section, we'll bring this up on the visual for, for the ESPN YouTube. The notable person said, uh, Frank Sinatra had multiple mistresses in this town. Wow. That was a notable person. <laughs> Frank Sinatra came to have affairs in the town and then just bailed. Oh. Yeah. So there you go. That's All right. Tell us, uh, tell us about Status Pro, Andrew. Status Pro is a tech company. I founded with my partner, Troy Jones. Shout out to Status Pro TJ. Um, and we build software. We build video games in VR. Beautiful. So we founded the company four years ago we met seven years ago and we had a shared experience and he was a division one quarterback obviously i played in the nfl and our goal was to democratize what it feels like to be in the league and that's what we've done so you play our game on metaquest playstation 2 uh vr and you can play a full game as a quarterback in the league you make the throws you can run for the touchdowns the roar of the crowd the defense is chasing you And it's been really well. It's been the fastest selling sports game in VR history. Beautiful. We hit a music million customers in 15 months. Um, we just closed our Series A round, which was led by Google. Other investors in the company are LeBron James, Maverick Carter, Lamar Jackson, Miles Garrett, uh, Verizon Ventures, Graycroft, Main Street Partners. Um, a- any big names? We're working on it. Yeah. Naomi Osaka is a big <laughs> name. She's she's number one. Um, so yeah, I, we're just kind of continue to build and find new ways for fans to engage. It's been a labor of love. It's been my passion. It's been our life's work. And it, uh, it's, it's continuing to flourish. Thanks, buddy. Absolutely. Peace for having me, Kev. All right, we'll be back with Michael Irvin after this. Why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook? Two words, Caesar's Rewards. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. Hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, and more. It's not just an app, it's an empire. 21 and up must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Or Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117 
New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, one of the best receivers in NFL history, Michael Irvin, is here with Stunt. What's going on, man? How you doing, my brother? It's so good to see you, man. Let me tell everybody, we were just talking about, you know, dudes from Florida. And how different we are. And when I pulled up, I see my dude, my dog in his drip. I said, oh, okay. I see that drip. And then I said, where you from? I asked, I said, where you from? And what'd you say? I said, Orlando, Florida. I went to University of Miami. I said, oh, yeah. He told me. He said, we fam. I said, okay. I should have known by that drip because you're clean like that. And we different dudes from Florida, man. Everywhere you go, people always say, well, you from, you from Florida? You from, man, y'all different dudes. And we are, man. So, so great drip, brother. You look good. I appreciate that. What is being from Florida like to you? Like, what, what is the Florida style, the drip? Like, if you had to describe it to an alien, what are you saying? Well, let me tell you something. We, we, we get a diversity of people in Florida. Yeah. And, 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 and we believe that all colors are bright and nice. You know, when you go around the world, other places... They, they're stuck in colors. and I, We will wear what we want to wear because we used to have great weather and you can wear anything. Yeah. So we get we, we, we grow up in great colors. We, we, we feel good about colors. Peacock proud. That's what we are. So, so it's all colors. And, and, and we all look crazy. Just a little crazy, too. All of us are just a little crazy. A little bit just, crazy. Just a little bit crazy. I, we were joking over here. With all the guys over here about how every time I'm watching social media and something crazy happens, and it always starts with a man in Florida. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then people were like, uh, always Florida. But I love so it. So here's the thing about Florida. Here's why there's so much crazy down there is because crazy people look at the America and they say, I can be crazy anywhere. I'm going to go where the weather is nice. Right. And then you It'd end up crazy. with a heavy concentration of people who just want to act like maniacs. And it's great. But it's so, man, listen, though, there's nothing better than Florida. There's nothing there's better. There's nothing greater Vegas. than Florida. And there's nothing more beautiful in Florida. I did a podcast and they were asking me one time about, you know, what it was like playing with the Cowboys and winning Super Bowls and everything. And did what was it like with all the women at the hotels? Uh, before the game, I said, I'll get out of here, man. I was strong, man. That never bothered me. I was focused. I knew that weak in your legs, at least that's what they told me. Sure. And I focused and stayed stead. Unless I ran into something like an IAN. They said, what's an IAN? I said, a Colombian, a Brazilian, an Italian, a Puerto Rican. All of them yes. are in Florida. Yes. You see what I'm saying? All of them are in Florida. All of them that's in Florida. why I didn't move back to Florida. I stayed in Dallas. That's beautiful. But it's real. It is real. Wait, wait. <laughs> is it? So that's, is that, uh, I appreciate that that's why you, uh, you stayed in Dallas. You couldn't, you couldn't do Florida. All right. Um, you played obviously with a great quarterback when you were in Dallas and, and, and you guys won Super Bowls and it was as good as it gets. Have you ever thought what it would have been like to catch a pass from Patrick Mahomes? Uh, watching Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Just what it's like to play with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, phenomenal, incredible. And and I'm that's why I tell people, you know, as we talk through this, like ultimately in my world, we're always talking about who's the greatest yeah. and everything. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, wins a few more Super Bowls because we always go about who's the greatest on the talent. Yeah. The talent is how many Super Bowls, how many MVPs, you know, Joe Moe had four Super Bowls. Uh, how many can you? How, how many do you have to get to be the greatest? If Joe has four, and then Tom Brady, your Troy had three, and then Tom Brady comes in and wins seven. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes already at two, and 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 he went and got a chance to win his third. You'll give him two more after this somewhere, and he say he gets the four or five. Say he gets the five. Do we say Tom Brady's the greatest because he has seven? When you know what your eye gate saw. Yeah. Your eye gate saw what Patrick Mahomes did to win the five. Even, you know, Patrick Mahomes did way more things to throw him yeah. you know, in and out and all the plays and raising up teams. And now, right now, with this team he has and all the drops they had, if he gets this team to yeah. a championship, that's like, yeah, yeah. And he wins five of them. 
I can say my eye gate has seen enough. I don't need to tally to tally evenly to say that, okay, Patrick Mahomes can be the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Yeah. And he's the commingling of two of the greatest, if you ask, if you ask me. When we saw Aaron Rodgers, we said that's the greatest talent yeah. we've ever seen play quarterback. And when we see we have my man, what's up, B? You know, my man, boy. When we have when we have Tom Brady, yeah. he's the smartest quarterback yeah. we've ever seen. So shoulders up, he's great. Pat, uh, Aaron Rodgers, shoulders down, he's great. Patrick Mahomes is the commingling of those two guys. Aaron Rodgers, shoulder down. Tom Brady, shoulders up. And he's a bad man and hard to beat. Bad you man. can see him as a the greatest. bad man. A bad man. Are you impressed with what he's been able to do with that? It's called sorry receiving core this year. Yeah, this year, this year, and that 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 gives him. Remember what Tom always had. We always said, yeah. well, he never had the great receivers. Right. He lifted the Danny Amendolas and all of them, and he did. But now, with, with what he's doing right now, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Rasheed Rice is coming on. Of course. And he's playing great right now. But that relationship between him and Travis Kelsey makes it, it, it it's almost incredible. It's almost impossible to stop. Uh, you picking the Chiefs? I am not. Oh. I'm taking, actually, the 49ers. And I'm taking them here because everybody's talking about the Chiefs defense and how great they've done in stopping the last few teams. The Ravens had a point, man. Go stop Say Flowers. You got them. You know what I mean? Buffalo, go slow down Stephon Diggs and, and, and Josh Allen. You got them. The San Francisco 49ers don't have a point, man. You go slow down Christian McCaffrey, here comes Debo Samuel. Yeah. You go slow down Debo Samuel, here comes Brandon Ayuk. You got a Brandon Ayuk slowing down, here comes Greg Jennings. I mean, uh, a, a George Kittle. Yeah, so, so either way, there's a lot of people to stop. And you got the guy that makes the right decision every time, like Tom Brady does. I can disperse to any one of these guys, and I'm making the right decision. It'll be harder for Kansas City to stop San Fran. Wow. Um, there's some consternation this week over whether or not the Cowboys are close to winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, but yeah. there's a lot of back and forth on that. I'll put it to you. Are the Cowboys close to winning a Super Bowl, Michael Irvin? Yes, you're close. But close doesn't get you anywhere. Right. Close don't get you anything. It's just this, this, this nebulous thing that we talk about in conversations. I, uh, I, I, when we saw close, we try to break down what it takes to win. And to break it down, I always say to people, football is different than most things. Yep. You can reach the top of your game in most professions by punching a computer. So anytime you improve your skill, you can go be the best. You go be the best because yeah. you just sharpen your skill. Sure. But in football, in our game, is hand to hand, man to man combat, Absolutely. everything. So as I sharpen my skill, since I'm going against another man and not another damn computer, I'm going against another man who has kids and want to eat. I got to sharpen my skill at the same time, deepen my will to beat such man. Absolutely. Because he wants to feed his family. And here's what the Cowboys have. They have the skill. I worry about the will. Oh, you get what I'm saying? I do. Where does that start? Is that coach? Is that quarterback? Is that just all roster? Of all of it. All of it. But it starts with the coach. Because how do you build a great will? How do you deepen your will by putting in hard work? When your mom said to you a long time ago, I ain't, I'm not... I, Babe, I'm not going to give you this money. I'll make you go and earn it and go work for it. See, when she gave it to you, you would spend it easily and throw it away easily because she was giving it to you. But when she made you cut the damn yard and go do all that to earn it, now you're going to spend that a little more different, a little differently. You're going to be wiser with it. You know what I mean? You'll be smarter with it. And, and, and that's the reality. We need guys to understand that this game is about will. Yeah. And, and, and I need to know how to be, put Will in by working hard together, sweating, crying out here, getting our ass whooped out here. We're looking to each other's eyes and say, we ain't going to let them beat us. Yeah. And that that they don't have. And a coach should be able to help put it in you. Either if I can emotionally talk to you to put it in you, or I better work your ass to death to get it in you. But I got to get it in you. Can coaches change your stripes and become that guy? I, I, I don't think so. Okay. Let me tell you why. It is always easier for me to come in hard and lighten up. Yeah. 
you'll never respect me if I come in light and harden up. If I come in easy and then try to get tough on you, you'll say, oh, this dude changing. But if I come in tough and lighten up, you'll say I'm earning his respect. He's starting to like me and keep working hard. You can only do it the one way. I think we talk about sustained success here, and the Chiefs are going through it now. The Patriots, obviously, last decade. You guys in the 90s. I think everybody just says, all right, good quarterback, good roster. Yeah, you'll win a bunch of Super Bowls. Jimmy Johnson was the best psychologist in the history of football, frankly. Um, just the way he was motivating and all that. Right. If you're telling people about that that run for the Cowboys, what don't we know about how they how you guys had sustained greatness, and how do you um, how do you actually get that um, when you're working on it day in and day out? Well, there are a couple of things that I think we talk about when we are together. And I was with them just the other day, and we were doing an interview on a show together. And one thing we both pointed out was we came in and built this back up when with the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. you know. My first year, we went one in fifteen. <laughs> I mean, three and three and thirteen. Yeah. Choice first year, we went one in fifteen, and then right. Emmett seven and nine. And each year along the way, you know, we we're thinking about the improvements. And, and man, we got to get better. We got to get better. We were having all those team meetings, yeah. but still getting our heads kicked in. Yeah. But once we got it, and we worked so hard to get it, building that will for it that yeah. I'm talking about beating each other up, working. Anybody that comes around, you got to either work like this or you got to pat your damn toes. You got to get out of here. We got to beat your, you got to beat feet, pat toes, get moving because that that's how you sustain that greatness. You make everybody meet that right there. Emin and I, we, talk, we never had an argument because we knew, we all knew we came, we grew it together. Yeah. When people are, when you are, put in and you don't build it then everybody tries to take credit and if they don't remember the suffering early then then, then it, it easily falls apart so so we never had an issue man and, and i think the closeness is, is what counts when you're getting at this level this isn't a question it's a statement miami is going to be very good this year yeah miami hurricanes yeah going to be very good right real, real good we're gonna right and and and, and, and now here again that's true too we we it ain't come as quickly as everybody no. wanted. But 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 Coach Cristobal is doing a good job, and you can see a little sustained growth. Last year, a few games on, on, on that kneel down, stuff like that, just just little crazy stuff. Wild stuff. You got to clean yeah. on up. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, I, I think this will be a good year. Eight months till Gainesville, week one. I'll be yeah, there. That's going to be crazy. Um, that's going to be crazy. Wild. All right, we do something called badasses. It's the most badass person you ever played with. And you played with a lot of badasses. Yeah. In fact, I believe Emmett Smith said that Michael Irvin was the biggest badass he ever played with, along with a couple of, oh, uh, of, uh, of the, the tight ends and fullbacks. But um, you have the floor, Michael Irvin. The biggest badass you ever played with in football was who? But what's the what's the criteria here? I mean, now? you know, like if you just talking about the, the greatest the gifted, well, well, the greatest gifted athlete I've ever been around, I had to compete against was Deion Sanders. Yeah, this is the most talented, gifted athlete I I've seen. I beat Deion on an out and up. I mean, I had him beat bad. And, and, and the dude ran the football, me, everybody down. I was like, God <laughs> darn, this joker. Hey, boy, it was like, it's insane. And that was, that, was his, that was his introduction to the world, us against Florida yeah. State. Actually, that picture was on Florida on Sports Illustrated where he ran me down, pushed me down, intercepted my ball. I intercepted the football and was running the other way. Phenomenal athlete. But you talking about bad dude. I we never took off in the National Football League till this one dude came to the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, I doubt you guys, many people know his name. I call we called him Big E. His name was Eric Williams. He mm -hmm. played tackle. We were flat out afraid of going against guys like Reggie White and Jerome Brown. I've seen offensive linemen come out of the game, go to the trainer and just say, I'm out. And they said, what's wrong, sir? I'm out. Jerome Brown and Reggie White, he said, well, what's wrong? Why are you not playing? Said, I'm hurt. Hurt where? They said, somewhere in here. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just ain't going back out there. That's how intimidating them dudes were until we got this dude there, Williams. Yeah. 
I watched Reggie White through 300 pound men, grown men, throw him 55 and six yards. And when Eric Williams came in and I sat with him in the steam room, I said to E, I said, big fellow, what are you trying to do? He was head his head down, I gotta make this team, Michael. I gotta take care of my mom, I gotta. I said, big fellow, what's going on, man? He was just a rookie. I said, what, what's your biggest fear? He said, man, I gotta take care of my mama. She did everything. He started crying. I said, big fella, all you do now is what you feel before every snap. You line up, you look across, and you say to yourself, this joker trying to stop me from feeding my mama. And then you whoop his butt. He was killing jokers on this football field. I wanted to take him back in the steam room and say, Maybe we should retalk again. I mean, he was, <clears throat> he grabbed Reggie White and headbutted him. This before we knew anything about CTE or helmet. Headbutt, he asked, asked Michael straight hand about him. Yeah. Boom. They, they were running from Big E. I was like, ooh, I don't know what, but Big, Big E, if I had a football team, I started with Big E over anybody in the whole wide world. We have a at, back in my house in the studio. We have a big board of uh, of all the badasses people have named. So we are going to get a biggie photo. A big next e week. photo. Next time we record from the studio, you'll see it. Tell us, Michael, what big you're doing e. with stunt. Well, well, stunt is, is is about finding that place where we can all talk football, talk sports. You know, it's stunt. It's the, the stunt. It's the app. You go to the stunt, but but it's about a place because you know I, I've had a colorful life, and so and I love sports so much. Yeah, right? So I always want to talk sports. But when you want to talk sports, everybody wants to use the great sports to pull you in the other areas. They want to have pull you over into politics, and then and then pull you over into all kind of politics, all kind of things about politics, like presidents and. White Houses, if you know what I mean. Stuff that I don't even want to talk about anymore. They keep bringing it up. They keep bringing but it up. But the stunt, we could get back to talking about sports. And we ain't got to talk about White we Houses and all those kind of things, we if don't. you know what I'm talking I, about. I do. Thanks so much, Herb. <laughs> all right, Bijan Robinson after this. All right, Bijan Robinson, Rookie of the Year candidate. A legendary Texas running back now with the Atlanta Falcons. He's here with C4. What's going on, man? Man, I'm just enjoying, the, enjoying this week. Um, you know, enjoying everything that's going on. This is Actually cool. enjoying? Or are oh, you absolutely. exhausted right now? Okay, okay, okay. I mean, a little bit. A little <laughs> bit. But uh, just trying to, you know, make the most of it. Just have fun with it all. Are you a Vegas guy? Not really a Vegas guy. I've been to Vegas a lot because I'm from Arizona. Of course. So, you know, I, I, had, I had so many 7-on-7 tournaments here. I yeah. can't even, like, count them off my head. But... I've been here a lot of times, so I'll be still here. I love that. Um, take me through what this week has been like. Obviously, you're going through the process, and you get to see everybody. I mean, like, yeah. even just walking around here, you see, you know, CJ Stroud, Jordan Love, and, and anybody who just seems to be walking by. You can, can't go five feet without seeing somebody. That's right. What has it been like just be so exposed to the NFL community and seeing all the other stars? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, think, it, I think it's great. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, you play against a lot of them. Yeah. And you, know, you have so much respect for, for a lot of those guys, but – you can just hear just talking to them and, and, you know, having a good time with each other and, you know, just showing the respect that we have, you know, for, you know, for each other throughout the season, throughout what we've done. Um, it's, it's a cool experience. Even seeing, like, the NFL legends and, you know, other celebrities and stars like that that, you know, really respect who you are, respect you as a, as a player. Like, it's, it's definitely a cool feat. Um, so it's, it's, been, it's been a good week, man. I saw a stat. Uh, this morning, actually, I don't know why someone is recirculating it, that you had the most forced missed tackles in the history of college football from the PFF era. You know, you know that. Yeah, there's no surprise here. But right. um, I think it was a half a missed tackle a game, which, you know, yeah. when you're forcing that, that that's pretty damn good. Um, and I'm curious, uh, this weekend, you look at the Niners. They break tackles at the NFL level as well as anybody as a team maybe we've ever seen. That's when you right. think about George Kittle. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. They break a lot of tackles. They break a lot of tackles. Take me through the art of how they break tackles. I mean, it, it's it's something I you, you, it, it's different for for a lot of yeah. people. So like, people can anticipate breaking tackles and is already like looking forward to doing it. Um, or like with me, you know, I, I always say you know it's it's a gift from God, you know, to, to have a, a gift like that. But it's more of an instinct. So I'm seeing what a defender's doing that split second and I'm coming up with the move that yes. split second. 
or, or doing something to to get that defender on his toes and you know to make him think some I'm going one way and then go another way yeah. and then they'll miss. Um, but I, I feel like that's a that's something that people try not to do because you can get in a you can get blown up like that yeah. you get blasted. <laughs> um, but for me, it's more of like step on the toes. Yeah, and then I'm making a miss in, in, in a split second. Um, but I mean, it, it's it's definitely something that you that you got to practice and, and continue to do and have experience with because I mean, you do it the wrong way, then they'll get blasted. Get I, think, I think a lot of guys on the 49ers do a, do a really good job of of you know stepping on the toes and and getting the defender uncomfortable and then making that move and, and breaking those tackles. What are you reading on a defender? Like when you're about, you said you make them, you know, you use basically use their own body movements against them. But you yeah. know, when you're looking at a guy, I'm, what are you looking at? I'm looking at his eyes. Oh, I'm looking right into his eyes. And when you look into his eyes, then he kind of, it kind of gets him in a different, in a, in a different predicament. Like, yeah, okay, he's not looking down. He's not looking at my hips or at, or at my shoulders. Like, sure, because I feel like if you look at hips, like it's not really, a, it's not really a, a give or tell because yeah. guys are good with their hips and they're they're coming up like this, so yeah. you don't know what what's gonna happen. But if you're looking in their eyes and they're looking at you, yeah, then they can't look at nothing else in your body except oh. what you're looking at, and that's how you break that tackle right there. It, it, it gets a, it gets a paranoid. You can do a no look pass. You cannot do a no look tackle. You cannot, that's, you that's cannot do a no look tackle. Um, what was your favorite miss tackle, uh, forced miss tackle this year in the NFL? Shoot, it was it was actually against the Cardinals. Okay, and no, 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 it was it was against the the Colts. Okay, um, and I. I reversed the field, like I saw I saw the hole, but it closed, so I reversed and this big D lineman tried to come and I just like I did some acrobatic move and like <laughs> like went down to the ground and like spun out of it, um, and reverse field and got, got a first down. But it was probably one of the craziest things I've I've done. Like I know there I I be doing some like weird stuff on the field, but that was one where I where it even got me and I was like, well, this is crazy. It's crazy because I remember talking to George Kittle about this a couple of years yeah. ago, and you got obviously George Kittle's massive, yeah, yeah. And, you know, blocking. But he'd said when he got to San Francisco, they taught him like stay in bounds and go right at guys. Go right at because guys because a lot of times you think like, okay, you know, the coaches were really saying if you run at guys, some of them will get out of the way, or some oh. of them will arm tackle or whatever. And I feel like there's a little. It's not a lost art because it's never really you know these guys yeah. are bigger, stronger, faster yeah. than ever. But like. That's the key. They just keep going and good things will happen. They, and a lot of guys don't want to tackle. Yes. Like a lot of guys don't want to tackle. They don't want to put their body in and, you know, in stress. Um, so when, excuse me, when you're going at, when you're going at them, like it's something that takes mentality. Yeah. And if, if you're a guy that wants to keep on getting hit, then keep on getting hit. But at some point you're going to be like, all right, I, you know, this they're coming real hard. And, you know, for me, that, that's what I pride in. So, you know, giving them something at the beginning, and then, you know, towards the towards the third quarter, back in the second quarter, like that's when you start making moves, and then they don't know what to do. Like it's it's just something that you just gotta just feel defender off of and and feel what they're feeling, um, and then you'll always win that matchup. Kiddo calls that moment a Spider-Man origin story, where he just realized, just go right at guys, go everything, right, everything go right will at work guys. out. That's just it. go, just do it. Um, it. What impressions you about Christian McCaffrey? You know, the thing that impressed me the most is, you know, he he eats up ground really fast. Yeah. So it's not it's not necessarily speed. Yeah. But with his quickness, you know, he can he can make somebody miss or get through a hole and get to the first down yeah. quick. Um, and I think with him is, you know, I think what people don't don't give him credit for is, you know, he's a hard runner. Yeah. Like he, he'll put his head down and he'll he'll try to run you over. Um, obviously, you know, with the size, people don't think that he'll he's like that. But. I really respect that he he will give you the shoulder. He'll give you, you know, that contact balance that he that he has. And I thought like that's really important for a running back to have is, you know, very good contact balance and trying to put your head down but still staying up. And that's that's something that he's really good at. New regime, obviously, in Atlanta. Um, I was there in, in August and, and visited with a bunch of you guys. And, and I really enjoyed the roster and, and the vibe around that team. And I'm curious, um, obviously, Zach Robinson's new offensive coordinator. What do you like about that system? Obviously, he spent some time in in LA. He understands that kind of thing. Um, what what do you like about that system that you're going into? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's you know he does that. They do that one back three receivers, yeah, um, extremely well, and it, it benefits everybody in the offense. Yeah, so I think everybody who's on the field, like that's what it benefits the tight end, the receivers, 
the running back, yeah. like quarterback, every everybody is is eating. And even what the what the Rams did, like you had you had Puka, you had yep. um Kyron Williams, um and then God, who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Who's the other one? Cooper I mean, Cup. Cooper Cup, yeah, I was like, gonna say Cooper yeah, Cup. and then like just all of them yeah. and how you got to use that talent on yeah. that field effectively. And that that's that's why that's our respect about them the most. And I think if you can do something that, like that with the Falcons and with us, then it would be sky's the limit. Is there a usage thing, not to dwell on the past, but is there something at the NFL level you'd like to be doing more of from a usage scheme standpoint? Um, honestly, I would just say, you know, my my dream for for the usage scheme is getting all the all the guys on the on the offense that you know. Are, are are doing the, doing the work, you know, those, those spectacular seasons. Like I, I feel like there's there's those office coordinators like Detroit, you know, yeah, they got two thousand yard, yep, you know, running backs, and then you have a thousand yard receiver, yep, almost a thousand yard receiver. Like you have a thousand yard tight end, or almost or whatever it was. Like everybody on that offense was was doing exceptional things, and when you find a guy like that, and when you got a guy like that. Um, that can open up everybody for the offense, then, I mean, you'll be, you'll be unstoppable. All right, let's do some rapid fire. Uh, hardest tackler in the NFL. A guy Harder. you just did not <laughs> want to see in front of you anymore. Derrick Brown. That was, that was that was the guy. You know, I think, I I think, I think he's one of the, the best ones in the league, if not the best one in the league at, at his position. But, yeah, I'll, I'll run away from him. <laughs> so I was looking at some stats like yep. a month ago. Yep. The season ended. I'm looking at, like, run stops. Yeah. And, like. Oh, he's the one. Derek Brown, it's like, it's he's like the I one. Got Barry Bonds, two thousand two. Like he's yeah. like lapping the field. I've never seen anything like it. What makes him great? Because he runs. Yeah. For how big he is, like yeah. he doesn't give up on plays. He runs sideline to sideline, and he runs to the football. Like if if I'm running a, a, a outside zone play out here, yeah. and he's over here, he gonna he gonna get there. Yeah. Somehow, some way, if if you don't block him, or you know, if he's just free and you know, I gotta, I gotta look for him every time. Try to break his tackle, spin out of it, something. Just because you got a big three hundred and what forty pound dude coming at you, and he's fast. You know, you know, he ain't slow. So I'll, I'll say he's the one that I'm like, all right, all right. That, that's out. our memo to Zach Robinson. We play the Panthers. Get, get, get Derek Brown away from Derek Brown. And I'll, I'll run at him, <laughs> and then make a move like, but <clears throat> cover him up, cover him up. We have to, we have to, we implore you, keep, keep, yes, keep our guy. Away from Derek Brown. Yes, sir. Um, all right. Uh, we do something called badasses. Okay. And you've only been in the league one year or so. Maybe it has to be Texas or maybe it's just someone in Atlanta. It's the most badass person you've ever played with. Could be anybody for any reason. Just like when you think, all right, this guy it is a maniac in the practice field, maniac in a game. It doesn't matter. Where are you going? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with DeMarvin Overshone. He, oh. he played at Texas. Yeah. Linebacker. Uh, he 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 was the one where I was like, man, this dude, <laughs> this dude, he brings it, yeah, every single time in practice, and I mean that dude is just like energetic, like yeah, getting everybody going. So I would definitely say he's he's the one that that's definitely the the badass. I uh, love for that. Sure. I love that. If you could take one skill from any other running back in the NFL, where are you going? One skill. Derrick Henry stiff arm. Oh, Lord. Yeah, uh, that's what I would take. That's what I would say. That's, that stiff arm is deadly. And <laughs> I've seen him stiff arm somebody to the ground again when, when they played us. And I was like, man, this is crazy. I, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, it's not like he's throwing small guys around. He'll no. throw big guys to the ground. Yes. He's running yank, right he's at guys. Them. I've never seen anything like his running style. Yeah, I was like, all right, this is crazy. It, uh, this is actually unbelievable. Crazy. So unbelievable. I'll, I'll, take, I'll definitely take a stiff arm. I, yes, that would be. I think he might be banned from the league if you got Derrick Henry's. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's that would be incredible. Yeah, um, uh, we do something called one rep back, where you can relive any rep of your career, any play of your career, do it over again. Go. What are you picking? <sighs> College or pro? I'm gonna say I had a fumble in college against Texas Tech mm. in overtime, the first play mm. of overtime, and it, it, and it we lost mm. that fast, and mm. I mean. It was so like I was so hurt just just for my teammates and yeah. my team, and that it had to be me. Um, 
So I, I would definitely want to take that one back for yeah. sure, uh, especially like how we were rolling at the end of the season too. Yeah, yeah, understandable. All right, tell us what you're doing with C4. Yep. So this is first of all, this is my favorite flavor right here. Beautiful. Um, and this is my this is definitely the the best I would say energy drink that you can drink and in life, working out or just a normal day, a normal day, you know, work day. Um, but, you know, this is the best performance drink for me. And I think that there's a lot of, you know, benefits to it, whether it's in your blood cells and, and get your heart pumping. And, you know, it, it, you shouldn't get scared of, of drinking it before you work yeah. out because, you know, there's there's enough, I, I would say, calories and, you know, here to, to help you out yeah. um, for a good drink and it'll just get you to wake up. But I, I love C4. I've been partnering with them for a long time and, you know, they definitely help me out a lot when it comes to branding, when it comes to, you know, getting getting the right things in for me. So this is, this is the one right here. And if you guys want a flavor, give us one right here. Bang. One. So, All right. Yeah. Awesome. Bijan Robinson, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you. Aiden Hutchinson, next. Aiden Hutchinson is here. He's with Gatorade. What's going on, man? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Are you a Vegas guy? I'm asking everybody. Are you a Vegas guy? Um, I just gambled for the first time yesterday and lost some money, so I would say no. But, uh, you know, you, you can do about three days of Vegas and get away with it. Now, wait a second. This is your first gambling experience ever. Take me through it. Um, just playing a little craps for the first time with, with my marketing agent. Lost a lot of money playing roulette. Um, I was just hammering black all, all over again. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'll be back at it tonight. Though. Do you want to get better? Is this a point of improvement no, for you? Or are you just, no. you're, you're good? I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm good, man. You yeah. Know, I'm good. Video <laughs> games and gambling are the two things where I'm like, if I was a little bit better, my life would be ruined. <laughs> I know, like, right? I just, I'll just stop after an hour doing both and exactly. I can actually have a productive life. 100%. That's how I view I that. I agree. I agree. Um, when you're telling your grandchildren about this season and how special it was to the city of Detroit. What's the one moment that you're going to talk about? I think just how we battled adversity. You know, I thought I thought we did it very well. And and we, I mean, we did some historic things. You know, we climbed mountains, many, many mountains. People didn't think we could climb. Yep. And, uh, you know, won our first playoff game, won the divisional. And unfortunately, I feel like we should be in this Super Bowl game. But um, I feel like getting over this season and kind of moving on with the history and kind of getting all the, all that noise out. I think for the future, it's going to set us up good. Um, I think I, I've known, I mean, any Midwestern city is like this, but Detroit in particular, and you know, this having grown up uh, and knowing so much about the state, that was a lion's town ready to unleash itself, you know, and, and the lean times maybe confused people a little bit about what kind of football town it was. Um, when it started to come back, um, what was the game where you were just like, oh my God, this is this is what I knew Detroit could be as a football town? Is there a game where you entered it and were like, oh my God? Yeah, it, I would say is that divisional game. Yeah, um, that was the loudest game I've ever heard in my life, and I mean, I think <laughs> the uh, the decibels that we had in there were just they were unreal, unreal, and and you could feel it on defense, man. Every series, every drive, um, Ford Field. I mean, there's not too many people in there, but man, they get loud, and I feel I felt. I felt the spirit of Detroit in that game. That is so cool. A um, couple things about that, or the playoff run that I want to dive into. First of all, this Niners team, um, if you're giving advice to the Chiefs on how to defend this Niners team with all their weapons, with Kyle Shanahan, where do you start? I think defensively, you got to stop the run. Of yeah. course, you know, the, the Christian McCaffrey is their pillar um, of a run game. And um, in the first half, we did do that well against them. And I think that's why we're having a lot of success. And, you know, Second half, they came in, kind of just taking taking deep shots on us, and we couldn't really stop the, the momentum. But I feel like if you stop the run game, that kind of makes them more one-dimensional. And I think they they definitely do better when they can run it, pass it, play action, mix in there. So I feel like that is priority number one for that defense. Um, obviously, uh, the big attention was on Dan Campbell and the fourth down stuff. I defended Dan Campbell, and I got tons of crap from you know Twitter user, you know, Bears fans, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I felt, and I've talked to Dan about this, that first of all, I don't think it was analytics based. I think that he he learned to be aggressive from Sean Payton and he used to see how scared defenses get and he would go for it because he likes that kind of uh the, the fear you were instill when you go for it on fourth down. Um so I defended it for for a bunch of reasons. In that locker room, the feeling after that game when everybody's criticizing the coach was what? Yeah, I mean it's definitely tough, but I feel like 
that's our identity. And yeah. I feel like if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Yeah. And, and we, we won a lot of games being aggressive like that. Yep. And, you know, I mean, that you're also you might lose a couple, too. And just so happens in that time that, you know, we did lose a couple. And you got to live with that because, again, um, that's just who we've been all year. And that's that's how he's called it all year. And and when it works out, everyone's everyone's happy. When it doesn't work out, obviously, people will be critical. So that's just the nature of this game. Uh, your former college coach is now back in the NFL. I think that's going to be a roaring success just because I don't think people realize, like, Jim Harbaugh is the winningest active coach in football. Like, yeah. literally, like, that's his winning percentage because he was so good in San Francisco. Um, this plays out how with Jim Harbaugh back in the NFL? I think he's going to have a lot, a lot of success. I feel like the buy-in is going to be at an all-time high yeah. just with his all his college success and a lot of the good things. I mean, everyone just says good things about him, yeah. you know, when at Michigan when he's leaving. So, um I think he's going to have a lot of success, and I feel like the guys there are going to buy into his to his leadership, and it's definitely going to be different. But um, I think it'll be good for him. What's the future of the Michigan program now? I mean, it just feels like it's just in such a good place, and the, the uh, momentum is just rolling. And they're going to, you know, not a lot of guys in the portal and stuff like that. that yeah, was, was a concern like with Alabama. Um, the future of that program is what? I think they've kept a lot of the Michigan guys in their program, having Sharon yeah. be the head coach. Um, I, even our strength coach, they're bringing in in-house people yeah. to kind of uh, uh, follow up these these jobs. And I feel like that's really important. And that's why they're going to continue to have the success. Uh, Jared Goff, obviously, you mentioned the divisional game. I'll always think about those chants of Jared Goff and how much the city rallied around him. His future, obviously, um, I think he wants to stay in Detroit. Everybody wants him to stay in Detroit. Is it pretty much universal? I mean, obviously, the contract stuff is yet to be resolved. But Jared Goff's the guy. Of course, yeah. of course. I mean, it was ridiculous. Even when we were in San Fran, again, in the second quarter, the crowd was was singing, Jared, God, Jared. And I, I'm just sitting there, I'm like, we're in the NFC Championship away, and we got the crowd cheering our quarterback's name. You're like, what in what world, you know? Dude, they were, they were chanting like Red Wings games. Yes, it was ridiculous. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And at Red Wings, dude, it's like the Detroit has just – welcomed him and just took him in with open arms you know despite a lot of a lot of adversity at first and now everyone's just bought in you know what's the one thing we don't know about dan campbell that i think would surprise people who who follow football um he uh i think something a lot of people don't know is he grew up like a farm boy yeah whenever, whenever he's given us all these speeches they have to. They usually relate to some farm, or to some horse, or to some. Uh, I I don't know. He's. I feel like he's just uh, his upbringing. Like he's just. He's so he always talks about it. He's just this country kid from Texas, and it's just. I, I love his story. So I, I called some of his old Texan end buddies, and I shared that story with him, and it was like all like he's like Russell Cabs and stuff. Yes, like, dude, he's dude, nuts. He's, he's authentic on that. Can you give me an example of a of a speech he gave that involved farm animals, dude? Uh, I want to give you this horse story, but I forgot. Like, I, I got to remember it. I, I, I don't know if I can remember it right now. It was something with a horse. What was it? I, I, I'm not going to remember. But I okay. knew I'm never going to forget that he gave this horse story and everybody was dying of, of laughter. But I, unfortunately, I do not have that. I will today. I will come find you in Allen Park, August, <laughs> and we will get the house story, the, the yeah. horse story. Flynn will come here. All right, we do something called Badasses. Uh, most badass person you've ever been around in football it could be any level. Doesn't matter. We know what the definition of football badass is. Yeah. You have the four Aiden Hutchinson. Who's your badass? Oh God, all time, all time. Just like who, who I played, played with. with. Yeah, guy or played against. But yeah. Um. Oh God, let me think. Oh shoot. Um. Can I go like college? Sure. Okay. Um college we had a fullback named ben mason Ooh. um he's 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 still he's still in the league playing fullback but if there's anybody who's like a badass that guy would stick his head through a concrete wall for, <laughs> for for the university of michigan and like i sit there they're running their iso plays over and over again he's the lead blocker and i'm like that takes a different breed to do that over and over again i love that <laughs> we do something called one rep back you get to relive any play of your career get to do it over again get to do it right doesn't matter what it is could be something small in high school could be someone in the nfc title game doesn't matter you get to have one rep back what is it 800? one rep back one rep back you get to relive it and you just get to do it over again um 
I'd probably say that Kittle play in the NFC Championship because I'm, I'm convinced to this day our helmets were stuck together. I couldn't see, and I was telling him that on the field, and it's, we, we were joking about it so much on the field. But, um, yeah, we, I had that one Kittle play in the NFC Championship that uh, that was actually really funny looking back on it. But, um, but yeah, that would be my one play. All right, Aiden Hutchinson will have the horror story at some point this summer. We will get it. Thanks so much. Oh, tell us what you're doing with Gatorade. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, Gatorade just uh, just launched Gatorade ID, which is their uh, their new and free membership platform. And um, you can visit Gatorade.com to uh, customize your own bottle with Gatorade ID. Love that. 